You're about to listen to a sermon by Reverend John Cramper, head pastor of the Shekinah Temple of the International Central Gospel Church, Akosumbo. We hope that this sermon will be a blessing to you. I want us to turn our scripture to the book of Exodus chapter 33. We'll read from verse 13 through 17. Let me give you the background of this scripture. This is uh, Moses and God. Moses talking to God about when God, when God delivered the children of Israel moving from Egypt to the promised land. And we all know about this story, how um, he took them through wilderness. The Bible says he took them through the wilderness, scheming and trying always to make sure that they get to the place. Even though they were supposed to go straight, God did not allow them or did not lead them to go straight. He said because certain things would have happened and they would have been discouraged besides because of their unbelief and other things. And so Moses at the point was talking to God and always um, negotiating with God, telling God what he should do. And some of them God listened, some of them to God didn't listen. But here there is a much important information we need to get. If you get time, read the whole of chapter 33. It will give you more information. But it all summarized in this area. He said, now therefore, this is Moses speaking, I pray if I have found grace in your sight, show me now your way that I may know you and that I may find grace in your sight and consider that this nation is your people. And he said, that's the Lord said, My presence will go with you, and I will give you rest. Then Moses said, then he said to him, If your presence does not go with us, do not bring us up from here. Let us stay here. Now, Moses talking to God and saying, God, if you are saying I should lead these people to the new land, to the promised land, then God do something. And if really have found grace in your sight, then show me your way so that I may know that the grace I have found in your sight, it is true. And also consider that this nation is your people. It's not anybody's people or it's not for me, but it's your people. And God said to Moses, instead of answering Moses, that Moses, yes, I will show you the way so that you will know me. He said something. He said, and he said, my presence will go with you. Meaning that in showing you the way, I am not just going to tell you, stand here and say, oh, maybe for instance, you are going from here to Accra. And you say, pastor, show me the way. Then I tell you, oh, oh, you just passed. Where are you starting from? Maybe from Nupomu or Tosca. Okay, go. When you get to the, um, the runabout, continue on your journey. Go straight and go and go and go. When you get to Pong, maybe take right. I'm still directing you. But God didn't do that. Moses asked that God should show him the way, which would have been simple for God to do that. 
But God said no. The answer God gave to him was that I, my presence will go with you. Instead of showing you the way, my presence will go with you. And I will give you rest. Then Moses also said to him, okay, God, if your presence does go, not go with us, then God, don't bring us at all. Don't take us to the promised land. Let us stay here. Amen. So, this is a very important passage for every one of us. And that is the last message I'm talking about. It is important for us to know that the new year we are going in, we are not going in by ourselves. We are not saying that God, with all the prayers we pray for the past two weeks or so, we are not saying, God, just show us the way. We are going to say that, God, let your presence go with us. Sometimes you may ask God a simple question. But because he is God, he knows more than what you are thinking or asking. He does more than what you think, as the Bible says. So he said, my presence will go with you. I'm talking on what I've entitled, we need God's presence. That's all. In the coming year, most of the things that you need, never forget about God's presence. So what is God's presence? Or the first of all, if I say you need God's presence, when we say somebody, something is needed, we are talking about a necessity or something which is most important. The thing is so much important to you. The presence of God, or when we talk about somebody's presence, we are saying the state of being present. In other words, the person is there. It is one's power or influence in a place. So the person may not even be um, somebody so powerful or organizing that thing, but because of his power, because of his position, because of his status, when the person is there, there's a kind of power or there's a kind of influence. For instance, if we have some meeting or we are doing something, we are taking an event or doing something and then we call for one of maybe most of the political powers to be here, it's like the moment the person gets here, everything becomes like, yeah. Everybody is calm. And unfortunately, sometimes for their present, we... We, we feel so much um, highly exalted. But when God's presence is with us, we don't even feel anything. That's why it's an unfortunate thing. But if the person is there physically, you feel that confident. Oh, we invited the president. The president was in, our, in that place. During that event, Oh, the DC was there. Something happens to you. And for the fact that the person is there, it looks to you or you feel like everything is possible. Everything is possible. Anything can happen. And so, one's power or influence at the place is very, very critical. And so for God to tell Moses that Moses, you are asking that I should show you. 
I can just tell you go this way and pass here and go here and go here. But I'm not going to do that. I will let my presence go with you. So, when God says that my presence is going to go with you, what does he mean? Here, we are talking about God's appearance, the glory, the appearance of God's glory. That is all it means. When God said to Moses, my presence will go with you, he means that I will appear in a form of glory. And I will be with you. It also means his countenance. The countenance. His eyes will be there watching. Of course, his power, influence, and his favor. So, in God's presence, or when we are talking about the presence of God, we are talking about where God manifests his glory. And here, it is not the issue of God telling you, Pass left, go right, and go this way, and go this way. God says, I will go with you. I will go with you. So the question then is that somebody is going to ask that, why is it that God's power is there, but we don't see it? You see, when we lose the consciousness of God's presence, that's the point. The consciousness of it. The consciousness of God. That is where you lack so many things. The moment you lose the consciousness of God's presence, you don't experience the effective work of God's power in your life. And for us next year to see what God is doing in our lives, I will put it in this way, be conscious of God's presence with your life. Let him feel that you know that he is there. Because the moment you know that God's presence is with you, the believer, it makes a very big difference in your life. That is where when challenges come, you handle it in a different way. That is when situations are not the way you want it to be, you know God is there. That is where when situations are so bad, you can still call God to come into the play, to come into the scene and work for you. When God was telling Moses that I will let my presence go with you, it means I will move with you, with my spirit, with your, my power, with my influence, my eyes will watch over you. That is the reason why when the children of Israel left most, um, what you call Egypt and they were going, the Bible says he went with them, what? Pillar of what? Cloud. And pillar of what? Fire. God could have just told them that you can go from north to south and west and all that, but God didn't do that. I'm taking my time to lay a good foundation because I want you to understand this message. Whenever the presence of God is with his people, their life becomes a different thing. For you to really see God's work or his power actively in your life, you always have to learn how to be conscious of God's presence. 
I was once telling a prophet that we need to grow to a point that we don't need to fast before we can hear God's voice. Are you hearing me? You learn to grow to a point that when you are conscious of God, you will be able to allow God to speak to you, direct you, and work with you. And what God said, he did it. We saw that Moses and the children of Israel went through the wilderness with challenges, with so many problems, obstacles here and there. But at every given time, God was there. God was there. And that's what always happens. As the choristers sang that song, we don't even know how he brought us here. Yes, he was there with you, but in the coming year, I want you to feel him more. I want you to feel him more. Because there are things that are going to happen. I want to change my prophetic things into positive, rather giving you solution, instead of telling you the negative things. It's just that unfortunately, sometimes human beings as we are, until you tell them the negative thing, they will never take the positive things well. They won't take the direction well. But I feel this is what I should do. Amen. So, you are going to let God's presence be so strong in your life. You want to tell him that, Father, I will be conscious of you. I am not just saying, Father, show me the way. I want you to be with me. That is what it means. I want your glory to walk with me. I want your eyes to watch over me. I want your countenance to lead me. You will say, Father, let it be like how you handled Moses and the children of Israel in the wilderness and you brought them to the promised land. Every stage of their lives and their journey, God revealed himself to them. Even at the time they don't have what to eat, God said, I will make everything possible. And God will do that in the coming year. I see wilderness state will come in the coming year. Wilderness state will come. But the presence of God will take you through. The presence of God will take us through. And you should not be like other people. Are you understanding me? You should not be like other people. You should know that God is with you. And once God is with you, he's working with you. His glory is with you. His power is with you. And so, you can make it. You can do it. In as much as I see wilderness coming, some of us are going to get into new missions. Because God is going to use the same time to lift up so many people. But the key word is his presence. His presence. It will take you through. 
And so just as Moses asked God, that is what we are asking the Lord. If God has given us this favor, we have found favor, then God should show us the way. But we are not asking that God show us the way. We are saying that, Father God, we want you to go with that. Let your presence go with us. Now, if God's presence go with you, you must know what the presence of God will do with your life. If you don't know why his presence will go with you, you will not understand. And I begin to realize that when I studied their journey, that at every given point, because God gave Moses that promise, at every time, Moses was conscious of God. So he always went back to God, and God gave him the solution. The moment you lose that sight, and you are not conscious of his presence, when the situation rises, you will not go to him. Are you understanding me? You will not go to him. So what will happen if God's presence is with me? If the Bible says God is with me and God is moving with me, what will be the benefit? What do I do? What will I get? Is it possible that I can make it? I can do it? What at all would the presence of God do for me? Is it beneficial or what? Let me take you through some few points among others. But these ones are very important ones. The first one I will say is that when God's presence is with you, you receive God's leadings and direction. You will always receive his leadings and direction. Meaning that if God is giving you direction, he's leading you and giving you direction. Because telling Moses that Moses, I will go with you, it means that he is going to lead him and give him direction. There's no way I will stand somewhere and just direct you. But I am going to lead you. And if God says he's going to lead you, then it means that you must be sensitive to him. Because he is not a human being. Sensitivity is the key. Because you may not know God working with you if you are not sensitive to God. And you will learn to become sensitive to God so that you will know that the Lord is with me. And how do you do that? You get it by prayer and by the study of the word of God and by faith. That is all. Just trust him. Just trust him. Release yourself. Just allow him. Listen to him. Be conscious of him. Listen to him. Then God will lead you. He will direct you. Meaning instructions are going to come on your way. And when the instructions come, don't say, I don't like it. Because some of the instructions may not be very pleasant, but don't say, I don't like it. Hmm? Because if you want me to direct you, I can direct you well, but sometimes you will get to a place you will not be able to uh, accept it. No, 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 this one is not good. I feel that because God is leading me and God is directing me, whatever he's instructing me should be very pleasant to me. It's not all the time that will be pleasant to you. Check the Bible. Even the children of Israel, when God decided to lead them, he was going with them. There are certain situations and certain areas he told them they were not happy. And don't always think that because 
he says, I am with you, you will physically or maybe some feeling, let me use that word. You are always after feeling that, oh, yes, now I feel the Holy Ghost power with me. You may not always feel him, but he is with you. The children of Israel went through the same way. The day when God called Moses to come up to the mountain, and he was before the Lord, God was giving them instruction. God was giving message to Moses to bring it to them. But what did they say? They told Aaron, what has become of this Moses? He has left us for a long time. The one who says God is speaking to him, we don't hear his voice anymore. And the Bible says they decided to do their own thing. And then when Moses came down, he came with the glory of God and the people had already messed up themselves. Don't move by your feelings and mess up yourself in the coming year. Today I'm not preaching the other way because I'm handling something to you, keys to you. Don't move by your feelings next year and mess up your life. In Exodus chapter 13 verse 21, let's see example there, how God was leading them. 21 and 22 says, And the Lord went before them by day in a pillar of cloud to lead the way. Hallelujah. He went before them by day in a pillar of cloud and the purpose was that to lead the way and by night in a pillar of fire to give them what? Light. For reason was that so as to go by day and night. In other words, God is saying that I will let my cloud be upon you during the day. During the day, you will not walk in darkness. During the day, you will not stumble. During the day, God will make sure that all things will work for you and the things that you will do will become successful. He said in the night by pillar of fire to give you light. When there is a darkness even on your way, the Lord will throw light on your path and you will not walk in darkness. That is the purpose of God for him to lead you and to direct you. The Bible says, he says, so as to go by day and by night. In other words, in all your doing and all that you are going to handle, the Lord will be with you. He will lead you at one step after the other, direct you, instruct you, let you know where to go and where not to go. He will order your steps and make sure darkness will not fall on you. If only you can listen to him and you can hear him well. So, they didn't see darkness. There was no darkness. They were living and moving as if the day, the darkness was like the day. And that is God. May the Lord do that to you in the coming year. In your darkest hour, I say, may the Lord throw light on your path. Because he is going to lead you. If his presence is with you, he will lead you. You will not stumble. He will not stumble. There are people who walk even in, during the light and they still fall. People walk in the light and they still stumble. 
People walk in the light and it's as if they don't see anything. I pray that in the coming year, your vision will be clear. You will not have a dim vision. Because God will be your light and be the cloud for you. The cloud was not also only for just giving them the ability to go, but also to cover them. To cover them. So, as God leads you and directs you, you learn to follow him well. Because he will cause his angels to go with you. So the second point is that you enjoy his covering. And that is protection. So the cloud was not only to give them the access or the way or to let them know where they should go. But also for covering. In Exodus chapter 14 verse 19 and 20. When they were getting to the Red Sea. And the Egyptians were following them. As a matter of fact, the Bible says that they were very close. Very, very close. Why? Because the Israelites were walking barefooted and the Egyptians were using charros. So you can imagine what was happening. But as we read right from the beginning of the Exodus chapter 13, we see that God says that I will go with you. And I said that his presence also means the eyes. So God was watching the movement of the children of Israel and was watching the movement of the Egyptians. Listen to me. At every given time of your life, God is watching your movement and God is also watching your pursuance. Sometimes we feel like, oh, God doesn't know what is going on. He knows it. He is watching. His eyes is watching. Except God has not told you that I'm taking you to this place. Once he has given you the mandate, once he has said, I am going with you, God is watching. He watches your back. And he takes the lead. You are always in the middle of his presence. He watches your back and takes the lead. The Ezra chapter 14 verse 19, 20 says that, and the angel of God, look at it. And the angel of God who went before the camp of Israel, that is the cloud, moved and went behind them. And the pillar of cloud went from before them and stood behind them. Double defense. Are you understanding me? So it means that when the children of Israel were going, God sent his angel. And not this, not this. In the Old Testament, most of the places you read, they say, the angel of God. It means God himself presented himself as an angel. That is why you will hear that in Genesis, when God met Sarah and Abraham, the Bible said when they were going to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah, he said that, can I hide anything from Abraham? Meanwhile, the Bible says he saw three angels, three men. Now, when they were talking, after he served them, they were going. The Bible said, the angel of God said, can I hide it? So, among the three personalities there, there was the angel of God. God himself presented himself as an angel. 
And most of the time, that is how he appeared unto the people in the Old Testament. Very few instances he will appear in a form of maybe fire or something. But mostly that is how he presented himself. And so, here he said, I will go with you. And then when he realized that the enemies were getting closer to the children of Israel, the Bible said the angel of the Lord, the angel who was representing God, or God himself making himself as an angel, the Bible says he moved from their presence before them and went behind them. And then the cloud, which was also before them, the cloud also moved back from leading them and went behind them. That is how God protects his children. You have so much defense behind you. And not only behind you, but around your life. The Bible says, what did they do? These two things that happened, Bible says in verse 20, it said that, so it came between the camp of Egyptians and the camp of what? Israel. Meaning that God did not allow them to even get closer. That's how God did it. He walks with you, and once he walks with you, he will protect you. His covering will be strong with you. When you move with the consciousness of God, you are able to know, God is able to direct you to do what exactly you are supposed to do. The Bible says, so it came before them, and the, it continued to say, thus, it was a cloud, look at it, it was a cloud and darkness to the one. And he gave light by night to the other. So that the one did not come near the other all that night. Very interesting. I wish I have a pen and something I would draw it for you. If you understand that verse 24. Bible says that when the cloud moved behind. And the angel of the Lord moved behind. And then the pillar of cloud was already behind them giving them light. And then the Egyptians were behind. It came between the two of them. So in the night, when the Egyptians thought that they were going on chariots of fire and they were chasing the Israelites, the Bible says God made sure by all these defense that they never get close. And the Lord will do that to you. They will follow you, but they will never get close to you. They won't get close. You will hear their sound behind you, but they will not get close. You will hear and see something is really following you. You feel it, but they won't get close. That is how God defends his people. When you are conscious of him, you know that he will be there for you. He will cover your back. He will protect you. The Egyptian thought that we are getting close, but Bible said that he made it in such a way that it became darkness to the enemy, but he gave light to the children of Israel. The Lord will blindfold your pursuers, but he will throw light on your path. Listen to me. One move of God, one move of God, can manifest in a multiple way. 
Are you understanding what I'm saying? A move of God can manifest in multiple ways. Because this is what happened. Just one move. Coming behind the children of Israel, somebody will ask, so who was then leading them? He was still leading them by his life from behind. That is why you go to the book of um, Psalm. He tells you, Psalm 78, he said, you led them like a shepherd and you shepherd them from behind. In other words, they were just in front of him and he was just shepherding them. Shepherding them. May the Lord shepherd you in the coming year. When light is thrown on you from behind, you will see the way. You just need his presence. And when it's with you, you are covered. You are covered. You are covered. This is not providence insurance. Hallelujah. It's not providence insurance. They say, Provident men, you are covered. This one is the covering of the Lord. It is not just by accident before you are covered. But the Lord will cover you throughout the whole year. As you made him the one who should go with you. As you are conscious of him, he will cover you. He will protect you. The enemy will try to roar against you. But the Lord will cover you. You will feel it behind you, but God will cover you. You will sense it that is very close, but the Lord will keep you through. Because he will build a defense so to make sure that the enemy does not get near to you. That is what he did. The third thing I will say is that when God's presence is with you, you have access. Access is granted unto you. In other words, he makes a way for you. And God will make a way for you. There's some interesting thing in the book of Psalm 114. In the book of Psalm 114, when you started from verse 1, the Bible talks about the fact that the children of Israel, when they went out of Egypt, the Bible says that the Lord was with them. The Lord was with them. Can you just project that one for me? Psalm 114. Can you do that? Yeah, do it for me quickly. Someone, yes. You just, no, go to verse 1. I'll read this one, but I want, to, I want us to understand something. Yes. He said, when Israel went out of Egypt, look at it. The house of Jacob from a people of strange language, verse 2. Judah became his sanctuary. And Israel his dominion. In other words, he was seated among them. Now, Judah means praise. They went out with praise. And all that they were going with was praise. They were just thankful to God. And they were praising him. So God was also sitting among them. And Israel was his dominion. In other words, they were able to rule and they conquered. Verse 3. He said, the sea saw it. The sea saw Israel. And did what? Fled. Jordan did what? Turn back. Okay, then verse 5 asks a question. Mm-hmm. What else you, in other words, what happened to you? 
When you saw Israel coming and you fled, he said, what else you all see that you fled? Oh, Jordan, that you turned back. Oh, mountains that you skip like rams. Oh, little hills like lambs. Verse 7. Tremble, O earth, at the presence of the Lord, at the presence of the God of what Jacob. Verse 8 says that, who turned the rock into a pool of water, the flint into a fountain of waters. When God's presence is with you, these are some of the things that happen. Access is granted. Ways are given to you. Opportunities are given to you. Doors open unto you. Why? Because when they see you, they don't see you, they see the creator coming. They see the creator coming. When Israel was going, that is why she gave up. When they met the Red Sea, what happened? God just told Moses that lift up the rod and stretch it. And God caused a wild wind to go through. When the presence of God is with you, doors will be opened unto you. Access will be granted. Resi will give way. Because you see, God will move with you. Do you know what we call favor? Do you know what brings favor? Do you know what entails in favor? Favor happens naturally because the person sees you and sees you in a different way. That's all. If you look at your face and your face doesn't look nice, are you understand what I'm talking? I'm not talking about just facial nice. He sees you and he doesn't have any intuition to do something for you. He won't even mind you. It doesn't matter what you will do. People go to places with big names. But nothing happens. But somebody can just get there. And all of a sudden you look at the person. And then they say, oh, oh come in, come in, come in. And you say, ah. Now we're there in our chain room. It's not the issue of when you're chairman woman. It is favor at work. And as a Christian, some of these things work for you because the presence of God has taken the lead. When the presence of God takes the lead, certain doors are open unto you. You don't need to struggle. You don't need to fight for it. You don't need to say that, no, it belongs to me. If it belongs to you, you will easily have it. Amen. You just need to be conscious of God's presence. There are some people, it's very hard for you to refuse them. Do you know that? Very hard. Sometimes some of us, most of the times, everything we do, people refuse us. People just look at your face and they just turn you back. But you are a Christian. Listen to me. I'm going to make two statements, very important. It is not the issue of praying. 
is the issue of who you carry along. There are two things. Are you listening to me? Should I make it again? It is not the issue of just praying in your womb. The issue is who you carry along or who you go along with. Meaning that you can pray in your womb and leave God in your womb, but you will not go with God where you are going. You are not conscious of him. And many a times that has so happened to us. We pray, Father, I'm going to work. Father, I'm going to do this. Father, so, so, and so. Father, so, so, and so. So, open the door for me. And that is all. You are gone. When you are going, that prayer you prayed, you have thrown it somewhere. You've even forgotten what you prayed and who you prayed to. But favor and doors are open unto people especially to Christians, after the prayer, he carries the prayer in him or in her. He goes along with that consciousness that I spoke to somebody who is greater. I spoke to somebody who can open the door. I spoke to somebody who can do certain things. And so whilst I'm going, I'm going with him in the name of Jesus and I know doors will be open unto me and doors will be open unto you. Oh no, if you want to clap, go ahead. So that it's not just enough praying. Why am I saying that? I've seen people who pray in tongues for one hour in their rooms. They go there and they fail. What is the difference? What is the difference? Consciousness. Consciousness. Knowing whom you are carrying alone. Knowing who is accompanying you. That's why Jesus told the disciples that and lo, I am with you what? Always. Meaning that every step you take, you must know that God is with you. You must know that God is with you. That's what I'm talking about. Consciousness of his presence. That would let you go as you are going. You are even speaking in tongue. You are speaking in tongue. Whilst you are waiting for your turn to be called, you are speaking in tongues within you. You are already charged. The person look at your face and says, Mm-mm. what do you want me to do for you? You detect the pace. They don't tell you what they want. Think about it. That is what I'm talking about. I'm not just talking about something you say, oh, hey, I have prayed. And Father, I prayed and I go and then that doesn't happen. No, you prayed and you leave the consciousness and the power of the prayer, the answered prayer, you left them there. And you went with us, a physical being. You must carry your prayer along. Carry God along. If really you trusted him, carry him along. That is what I mean by his presence going with you. Because when God said, I will go with you, he means that every step, every stage, I will be there. When even it comes to the West, remember him. But if you pray and you leave him there, and you go alone, you are going with your own might and power. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, 
access can be granted unto you. When the God's presence, when God's presence is with you and you are conscious of him, you are very conscious of him, you know that this one, God would do it. As a matter of fact, there are some places when you get there, you will not even have the conviction even to move to that place. You will just say no. Because God will direct you, God will speak to you, so you don't even need to go. Let alone for you to have what we call repeated failure in life. And then you will think that you are always failing. And then what happens is that it weakens your prayer base. Because you think prayer doesn't work. But no, it's not that prayer doesn't work. You didn't listen to God. Why people don't miss it? Why people always get that that favor? Because sometimes they listen to God. There are places I can just say, they say, I should come. Sometimes when I decide, I pray and I get in my spirit, no. I can even get to the place and I say, no, I'm not coming there. I will turn back. When you, you listen to him and you go with him, he will lead you. He will direct you. He will instruct you. And here I say businessmen and women, don't just only be conscious of the business, the money, the volume of the money, but think about what God wants to do. I once saw somebody, a big businessman, and I saw that he was going to lose some money. I didn't know the person was contracted, has contracted a certain business. And I called the person, I said, I saw that you did this and the person was taking you from one place to the other. And anytime you go, I mean, the thing is not straightforward. And I realized that you lost so much. The moment I said, Pastor, it's true. That contract has been back and forth, back and forth. Pastor, it's a lot of billions of cities and dollars. But for what you have said, I will not do it. And the person just stopped the contract. You may say he has lost money. But he thought it was wise. And that is how a Christian should do. When you are moving with God, with his power, brothers and sisters, we are not like the world. Though. We may lose, but our loss should not be great as the world will lose. He gives you rest. If his presence is with you, he gives you rest because he told Moses, in the verse 14 of 33, he said, and he said, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. God should give you rest. In the coming year, you must not be frustrated in your spirit. There should be rest in your spirit. Why? I don't understand why you cannot have rest. And they say, well, yes, you. They say, well, yes, you. They say, well, no, 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 no. You must have rest in your spirit. Amen. Listen, it's not having money that gives you rest. Are you understanding me? It's not because I have so much money that is why I have rest in my spirit. It's because you know God's presence takes care of the situation. And for God to give you rest, it means that he carries your burdens. Jesus said, I give it to me and I will take it up. Why did God tell Moses that I will give you rest? In other words, oh, I am there to carry all the load. Every burden, every load that is going to meet you people, 
I, the Lord, will be with you, so I will take it up. No wonder Moses didn't go through stress. Moses went through stress. All the stress of Moses were from his followers. Mm-hmm. But that is the truth. He wasn't frustrated because of God. Because anytime you talk to God and tell God something, God said, yes, I will do it. And God will tell him, your people. And he says, no, they are not my people, they are your people. God, I have not given birth to this about three million people. Hey, they are your people. You said I should bring them. And God said, I hear you. They are my people. And when God knows the Lord and what he has given to you, the achievement or maybe whatever he was, the commission, the mission, then God will give you rest. He will give you rest. He will give you rest. Hallelujah. Sometimes you don't know what you do, how you go through it, but you will go through it. You should go through it without being frustrated. You shouldn't go through it whilst you are dying and crying. No, there must be rest in your spirit. There must be rest in your body. The little you have should give you rest. Because the spirit of God will be there to take the load off you. Do you know that something, something letter can even give you unrest life? But people can have a lot of lows and they have rest. The difference is how God handles each one of us and how each one of us relates to the issues of life. So God will give you rest. If he's with you, he will give you rest. And how you do is that turn it over to him. The songwriter said that give them all to Jesus. Give them to him. Moses never carried the burdens. He gave them to God. God, we are here at the Red Sea. What do we do? And God said, why are you crying to me? Divide the Red Sea. And he did it. Hey, I will rain manna. And then God will rain manna. He said, oh, the people are being beaten by serpent. Okay, you put the cross there. Put, and let everybody look at that serpent. Whenever I look at that serpent, the person will be here. Moses did it, and that is all. Every load that came upon Moses, when Moses turned it to God, God takes it up. May the Lord do that to you in the coming year. You turn it to him, he will take it. The next thing that God did with them was that he took the afflictions. So I say your afflictions will be taken care of by God. Afflictions are frustrations. Afflictions are pains. Afflictions are sadness. The things that affect your spirit, your body, and your mind, even your emotions. But look at what happened. In Isaiah chapter 63 verse 9a, the Bible says that in all their affliction, when he said the angels before them, Please project Isaiah 63 verse 8 for me. Isaiah 63 verse 8 is there. He said, for he said, surely they are my people. Children who will not lie. So he became their savior. That is God. Verse 9. In all their affliction, he was afflicted. And the angel of his presence, again, the angel again. Save them. In his love and his pity, he redeemed them. He bore them and carried them 
all the days of old. And this is what God would do for us. And so the first one I break it, I say, the night A say that in all your afflictions, God will take care of them. Once he leaves you, once he's going with you, when the affliction comes, he finds us that he's, it is with him. The Bible says in Isaiah 43, he said that when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. When you pass through the fire, I will be with you. I will not allow them to consume you. Why? Because the moment you are bent, God is bent. And God cannot be bent. And if God cannot be bent, then you cannot be bent. If the waters cannot overflow God, God will not allow you to be overflowed by waters. The Bible says that when the enemy comes in like a flood, the Lord will do what? Will raise a standard to it. Why? Because he is with you in that flood. And so whatever the standard will be, God himself will lift a standard to meet that work of the enemy. The Lord will do that to you. When you are afflicted, remember is God is also being afflicted and you will not allow the affliction to go continue. The affliction must stop somewhere and so definitely it will stop. God will stop the affliction that comes in your life. Amen. The next thing is that the second point or which is the sixth point is that he will redeem you in time of danger or trouble. Anytime you are in danger, remember his presence is there. He will redeem you. He is your redeemer. He is your savior. He will save you. The Bible says he redeemed them. The Bible says he saved them. He protected them. He was the angel of their savior. He reacted as a savior unto them because he loved them. He pitied them. And God always loves you. And God will make sure that you are redeemed from the powers of the enemy. You are redeemed from the destroyer. You are redeemed from dangers and redeemed from every trouble that will bring shame unto you. Hallelujah. He said in his love and in his pity, he redeemed them. The Lord will redeem you. Just have that confidence. When it comes to the West, my God is there. He will redeem you. Hallelujah. He will redeem you. You will have a testimony in the coming year. The devourer will not devour you because the Lord your God is your redeemer. You will say with Job who said, I know my redeemer liveth. He's alive. He's alive. And the last thing I will say that he will carry you through it all. Through it all, he will carry you through. The Bible says he bore them and carried them all the days of old. The Lord will carry you through it all. Through it all. And when I mean through it all, I mean in times of valleys, in times of mountains. The mountains will skip. The hills will run away. When troubles are many, he will take you through. He will bear you like this in his arm and take you through. Listen to me. The fact that eagle is the strongest bird. And he, it can fly very high, can see far, and can do so many things. And it's so strong, does not mean the eagle doesn't face storms. The eagles face storms. But just that the eagle knows how to sweep the storms. He looked at the storms and goes through it. 
The fact that the eagle can see far and can climb and go very high does not mean that eagle doesn't see the sun. The sun touches the eye. But you see, instead of eagle turning the eyes from the sun, the eagle will rather look at the sun and fly it well and face it well to make sure that he's going on the high heart. The eagle is so smart and so powerful because of his strategic way of living. And listen to me, when God says that he will bear you, it doesn't mean that you will not go through the storm. It doesn't mean that you will not go through the, the difficult situation. It doesn't mean that nothing will happen to you. It doesn't mean that the waters and the rains and things are not going to shake your life. They will come, but he said, I will bear you. I will bear you. Even though they are there, I will carry you through. He told the children of Israel, I bear you just as an eagle bears his children. That is how God will bear us. And I pray that in the coming year, you will just be conscious of his presence for me. That is all that you need. And with that, any storm, any dry land, any wilderness, any fire that will come, you will go through it. Because Jehovah God will keep all of us through. He will make us strong and he will not make us weak because his presence will be there to take care of you in whichever area God wants you to be. I pray that the new missions that are coming, you will take your portion. You will take your portion. You have a portion in that mission. You have a portion in that mission. And you will take it up. You will not give it up when things become tough. You will pursue it and God will let you become successful at the end of it all. We're glad you made time to listen to this sermon. For more of these messages, please search for Reverend John Cramper on Google Podcasts or your favorite podcast app. You can follow us on Facebook and Twitter at ICGC Shekinah. Stay blessed.